guys, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Let's talk about breastfeeding for a second. If you are trying to breastfeed your duo or perhaps you're expecting and you're a little concerned about how you are going to breastfeed your duo, fear not my cats and kittens because we have something just for you. Twiniversity has the only online inclusive breastfeeding class created exclusively for parents of multiples. Yep, that's right. We have partnered with Judy T. Bloom Mishkin, who is one of the premier twin IBCLCs in the country, and we're so fortunate to have worked with her on this project. So head on over to twiniversity.com slash classes, and we will walk you through dozens of modules that have to do with just breastfeeding your duo from items that you need from positions that you could use from scheduling from pumping from going back to work literally there's a ton of stuff that is literally there for you the parent of multiples that wants to breastfeed that just doesn't know if this is possible don't get overwhelmed get informed we'll see you online at twiniversity.com classes dan it's about time seriously Honestly. We haven't done this. No, we have to. We see each other. I wish we saw each other more. But Dan, for for oh. you being as important as you are in my life, I can't believe that we haven't done this sooner to just introduce you to my podcast people. So officially welcome. Thank, Thank you very, very much for saying yes to the podcast. That should be its own show on the Learning Channel, not say yes to the dress. And I really, I, I know that, out of everything that people learn in Twiniversity classes, there's a lot of stuff that obviously that they take away. But I think that the stuff that you talk about in class is probably the most critical. So first and foremost, I know you've been doing this for a hot minute, right? Because we're doing this together for 10 years-ish. I think it might time. be 11 or 12. I, think it, I actually should, do. You should look into that. I know. I didn't want to. I was afraid to. I think it actually might be closer to 12. But yeah. that would be, you know, professionally and personally. And you've done so much for my family and have made such a big impact. And I think it's even more impressive to Twiniversity students today because kind of the proof is in the pudding. Right. And so since we've been working together for so long, I now am reaping the fruits of the labor that we have put in together. So when did you start doing this and how did you really start working like predominantly with families? And so you're such a family guy yourself. Was that your direction? Like, how did you get to this very fancy New York City office? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll keep it. Short, but um, right out of college, I actually worked in the film industry for uh, like eight or nine years. I worked on movies and television shows. Some you may have seen, but um, in various capacities, but I was like a sound guy, like a boom operator. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Sex in the City and The Sopranos. I worked on some cool stuff. <laughs> um, but was not very satisfied and just sort of felt like I wanted to do something where I impacted people's lives 
Um, I wanted a more fulfilling life, more flexibility in the schedule. So I knew somebody that was in this business. I said, let me give it a shot. And um, I took to it very quickly um, because I just felt like I had the personality for it. And I had the communication skills. And I think the reality is when it comes to financial planning, mm -hmm. um, yes, you have to know about finance, but it's ultimately about that relationship and that connection you can make with people and making them feel comfortable and communicating these things for them. And then just having trust that you're going to be able to help them. Um, so that was, uh, 15 years ago. And since then I've been doing this and mainly working with young families, but all different types of things, business owners, um, different, every occupation you can think of wall street, doctors, firemen, I mean, all, all the gamut. Um, and, um, yeah, I built this team Tempest financial where now we're up to 15 people and uh, a great group of guys, but a lot of that is just me being able to mentor young associates and help them get their career going and um, make sure they're saying the right things and uh, helping people. But yeah, I think it's really just all stems from a want to help people, want to mentor people, coach people. I think when it comes to the world of finance, it's not something that's really talked about a lot. Yeah, certainly wasn't talked about at the dinner table. There's no school. There's no class. I remember in school where you learned about personal finance. So a lot of people just kind of do things in a very one-off way. There isn't really a coherent plan and there are rules, you know, there are rules to these games that you should be following that you need to do to have things work out. And I think a lot of it is just at the end of the day, I'm providing peace of mind, mm -hmm. right? Like I want my clients thinking about their kids, thinking about their job. I don't want them up at night thinking about their finances. This is the one thing we're going to get tightened up so that you can worry about all those other things. So with that all, everything that you've done, right, what do you think is the biggest benefit of working with, you know, with you and with your team versus me just Googling important things that I have to do before I have kids or when I have little kids? Well, there's a lot. I mean, I think there's a lot of inefficiency that occurs when you're kind of doing things in one off. Um, there's a lot of things like you just don't even realize that you need. There's things we know. There's things we don't know. There's things we don't know. We don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and stuff happens. So working with a professional that can really say, have you ever thought about this? That's helpful. Yeah. I think the other thing is, look, I think it's one thing to create a financial plan and to set people on this path and kind of talk about philosophy. But the reality is, as you know, life is full of curveballs and things change a lot. So I think having that person, that relationship uh, with somebody who can talk to you about the ups and downs and when things come up, um, you can speak to somebody who has, has experience in these things is, is invaluable because, yeah. you know, we need coaching. Like, even if you just look at like investing, the biggest reason why investors don't get market returns is not because of what they're invested in. It's because of behavior. It's like, we are our worst enemy. We are constantly making these decisions. So there's a lot of value to having a coach, having somebody in your life that you can run things off of having a second set of eyes, looking at what you're doing. It's, I think it, I always say it's all about who, you know, and for us, for you and I, and I know for you and our Twiniversity family, 
I know that having somebody like you in my corner does really give me a peace of mind. Plus, I'm not saying like, you know, I'm not a, a, a dumb person by any means, but I don't want to do the homework on some things that you know, like the back of your hand. And so when I, I, I guess that when I was younger, I just assumed that all of the financial decisions and planning that I would have would just be my choice. I never really thought about working with somebody or how about, I never thought that I would be in a class of people that would be able to have the privilege of working with somebody. And what I think I'm learning from working with you is that that is something that's not true that there is no class of people that has a financial planner, right? Because as a New Yorker, I would say, oh, you know, we're a downtown family. We're, you know, blue collar. We've always been working. My father didn't have a financial person. Why should I? And I'm learning that he could have, he could have totally had a financial planner and, and we might've had a different upbringing perhaps if he would have thought more about our finances. So it's so interesting that one of the things that I've, my big takeaway of my relationship with you is that there is no quote unquote person or class of people or caliber of people that could benefit from having a relationship with somebody like you. So that was the, truthfully the most eye-opening thing still to this day. And when I'm working with Twiniversity families and, you know, people always say, oh, we don't have a lot. I always think about that quote from my friend Veer's mother. Liz. And she said, it's not how much you make, it's how much you save. And that, I don't know, Dan, you know, like there's just things that just people say and you're, you take it to heart. That was something that just hit me. And it's probably like common knowledge that people know this, but I never thought about it because I was like, I don't make a lot. And how the heck am I going to plan? So do you find that with the families that you work with, is it, you know, more affluent people? Is it people that are, you know, we have an extra $20 a week. When you start working with a family, is it sometimes so ground level, ground floor that it's even difficult for you to figure out how they could save? Um, so as you know, in a, a Twiniversity class, you, you never really know. You get a gamut. Like you, it could be you know, I've worked, I found people, you know, there are people I work with at Twin University who are millionaire, you know, make lots of money. There are people who are just, you know, scrounging to get by. My, my promise is that I help everybody is mm -hmm. that I will never turn down a meeting. I will n always have a phone call. I will always get to the bottom. I will give advice and I will help them um, in one way, shape or the other. But, you know, look, are there situations where it's, it's just, you know, look, here's what you got to do. Stop spending so much, like mm -hmm. get some protection in place. Here's what you got to do. Let's revisit this when you've gotten there. Um, but, you know, look, I think I also have to adapt to everyone's situation and how they're viewing me and what they want at that time. So like, look, I, the best thing I can do is have an effect on somebody where they're making a change. They're, they're implementing something. They're, they're doing something. So for some people, it's just like, okay, let's just get you this financial product. Let's just do this. Let's start there. And then we'll move on. My preference with everybody and really the way to think about your finances is it should be a process. Um, there are a series of meetings. There's, you got to understand philosophy. There's education and look in creating a plan. 
there's a little bit of heavy lifting in the beginning. You know, mm -hmm. you have to gather documents, you have to gather data, and there are going to be a couple meetings that you need to commit to. But at the end of it, you have a plan and you're set up. Um, from there on out, there's just, you know, gradual meetings once a quarter, once a year, whatever it is, where you're, you're checking in and having conversations around that. But I really think everybody should benefit through going through a process yeah. where they're getting organized, understanding what they have, understanding a philosophy of how money works, how to think about your finances and making sure they know what the right things to do are. So let's talk about that. Okay. So I know in our class, we kind of have, you know, checkpoints that I always want to make sure that you hit. And I definitely want to do that today. So when we are, you know, when you, you first meet our families, I know that we kind of go through, you know, protecting yourself, protecting your family and saving for the future. And you have different philosophies than I would have ever had, which is that's where this, the benefit of our relationship grows. So I want to start at the beginning. So if somebody is listening to this and they are newly pregnant and they are not sure what needs to happen next, right? So I always say it's so tough to, to grow up. And when you find out that you're going to be a parent yourself, it's kind of, you know, the frying pan to the back of the head kind of thing that we have to grow up. What are some of the basic things that somebody should start considering when they are expecting? Okay. So when someone's expecting, my conversations don't really change that much when I'm talking to somebody who isn't expecting, to somebody who's single, to somebody who's about to retire. There is a core philosophy of how I look at where you have to, how I approach and looking at someone's finances and what these conversations are going to go. Mm -hmm. And it goes in this order, protect, save, grow. Okay. Um, a lot of people that do what I do, they're really just focusing on growth. There isn't a lot of conversation around protection and saving, mm -hmm. but I know I have a responsibility to talk about the things that can go wrong first. Mm -hmm. And we have to talk about saving and then we can talk about investing and growing. But, um, yeah, look, when it, when it comes to the first things to think about is get your protection in place. Um, as you know, protection is something when you need it, you can't get it. Yeah. So, so the time to get it is when you don't need it. Um, got to make sure this is buttoned up. Protection is really something that should be with you your entire life. For a lot of people who are having kids, uh, children for the first time, it's like, I have these expenses now and I have to get life insurance and a will and disability and this stuff. And these are, this is, these are these costs that are going to inhibit my lifestyle. Guess what? The reality is you should, you always should have life. It should be with you in your nineties. You should have life and you should have all this protection. It is a part of a plan. You must always have it there. So really just understanding the fundamentals of, yes, you're having a child and now this is a bigger priority, mm -hmm. but you can always get hit by a car or in a car accident. You can always be in a lawsuit. Um, you can always uh, get sick or hurt where you're, you're, you're not working and now you mm -hmm. need income to come in to protect you. Um, you always need your legal documents. Life insurance has many purposes. It's always a good thing to have, but certainly having a child like those are the core basic protection pieces that you need to get set up and that you, you need to have in place. And that's just things like your property and casualty insurance, which is 
having the right liability protection for uh, your auto insurance, your mm -hmm. homeowner's insurance, or renters, an umbrella policy, disability income insurance. What happens if something happens to you and you can't work? What's coming in? Do you have this through work? Is it, you know, should we have an individual policy? Creating your legal documents, now really important. What happens if something happens to you and your significant other, if something uh, were to happen for these children? And life insurance, absolutely, probably the most important because it's the most catastrophic if something should happen to one of you. Now, out of all these documents, it's very, very hard to prioritize because if, if you and I were having a discussion, we would say that all of these items are fairly equally important. And in Twiniversity, I have, I don't even know if you know this, but I, there's, when it comes to Twiniversity in general and the curriculum that we build or the content that we create, most of the time, I would say mostly all of the time, it is opinions, plural. Here are different ways that you could do things. And so what I've done in Twiniversity is I have things that are, I, I call them deal breakers. And so when we're talking about a stroller, or we're talking about the type of help that you have, we're going to give you a variety of opinions. And it's going to be aggravating to some people because they just want you to tell them what they have to do. However, it's really hard because I don't know where you live. I don't know what your budget is. I can't make these decisions for you. But I know that when it comes to financial, not financial planning, but when it comes to having a will, having life insurance, and being trained in CPR, those are the only three deal breakers at Twiniversity. That is not, there is, that is not an opinion. That is something that if you really want to make sure that you are going to have the best possible opportunity to be the parent that you want to be, those are the things that you need. So I want to talk a little bit about life insurance. Once upon a time when we were growing up, right, you're, you'll flip through a magazine and it'll be like Gerber life insurance for your children for $7 a day. So that's always the way that I thought about life insurance. I did not know that there was so many different opportunities that you have with life insurance. And as you know, I'm still freaking learning this whole process. So I'm so for all the listeners out there understand, I am not an expert in any of this. I am only becoming an expert in my particular situation because I have Dan that is leading the charge for me and my family. So when we are talking about life insurance, I know that you a lot of companies do offer it when you have a nice job. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Do I take it? Do I need more? Do I need less? What happens with life insurance? Just give us kind of like the 101 for people who just want to rip their eyelashes out because it's so stressful. Yeah. Well, first off, I would agree with you that it is, it is a non-negotiable. You're having a child. This is important. And I think we learned this early on. If we remember, we had a student who I think this was 10 years ago, mm -hmm. um, who was diagnosed with brain cancer while they were expecting twins and no life insurance. You can't get it when you have a diagnosis like this. And he passed away a couple of years after, but this was a real gut check to us. So this stuff is real and it can happen and we've seen the impact of it. So you never think it can happen to you. It can happen. You never know when it's going to happen. You've got 
one life, two lives, three lives now responsible for you. So it is an absolute pr priority. Mm -hmm. um, so going back to your, your question of like 101, look, it's, it's one of those things that is very specific for every individual situation. You know, the average income in this country, I think is like $55,000. So there are some, the conversation is going to vary in this area um, to that specific situation. But um, yes, everyone should have life insurance. Um, I think the first part of the conversation is always, well, what's the right amount? And then there's a conversation around the types to have. Um, when it comes to the right amount, um, yes, it, it is offered through many companies and, and groups, although many times I find it somewhat limiting as mm -hmm. to what that offer is. I think something else to keep in mind that whenever you're getting group insurance, you're at the whim of the company so that they don't have to renew that. That's not guaranteed. It can go away the next year. If ever you leave that job, it typically does not go with you. Um, and I think the other thing is the, the premiums, you know, you don't take a medical exam or anything when you get group insurance and they're usually age banded. So like it goes up from like 35 to 40, 40 to 55. Um, what we know is like, if you, if you're pretty healthy and you can lock into a level premium, you're actually going to pay less by having an individual policy. So for almost every situation, I recommend getting an individual policy and they may, that may just be in the form of term insurance, which mm -hmm. is sort of like renting. You're going to, you're going to pay a premium for a certain period of time. If you die within that time, this is going to pay it out. Okay. In the realm of talking about what's the right amount, um, it's really about, well, what's the purpose of life insurance? It can do a lot of things. It can't really replace a husband or a father or a mother or a wife or a spouse, but it really is meant to replace the economic impact to the family. And really what it is, it's replacing income. It's a present day value of all of the future paychecks that would have gone to your family. That's really optimal. That's how you, how you replace it. So it should be based on your income. Um, a lot of people often say, well, I got to figure out like what I need in that situation. Like good luck, you know, good luck figuring that out. Like you're going to figure out what you need. Like you could be in a hospital for three years before mm -hmm. you pass away. Like there, it's impossible to calculate everything that could happen and go wrong. Um, I don't, I don't like that needs analysis. I've never done it. Um, I talk to people about what optimal is, what they're, what, the, what is available to them um, based on their situation. Here's like the minimum you should have. Look, a factor in this is the premium. There is a cost to it. Um, we try to make it as cost effective as we can, but you know, look, if you're healthy and you're young, you can yeah. obviously get a lot more for a smaller amount. So all those are factors into ultimately figuring out what is that right amount. But I want people to understand what optimal is and why that's optimal and making sure they have that. So that's conversation around type, around amount. There's conversations around types that is, um, takes a bit more of an education and understanding. There's temporary insurance, there's permanent insurance. Permanent life insurance is, um, it can be a very valuable tool in financial planning. Um, it can be a place to save money. It can be um, a place that you use for investments or college, um, but also you're saying that death benefit will never go away. Where we know with term insurance, 98%, 99% of all term insurance never pays out. So there is a lot of value to having this guarantee attached to your life forever. 
It can actually allow for strategies, things you can do in retirement, ways you can spend money differently because you know you have this promise coming in. So a lot more to that conversation than we have here. But I think the key part is get educated, try and work with somebody who can help you figure out what's you know, specific yeah. to you. you and, should have. and also like we've changed because I initially started at term and then we moved to life. Like, I think it's important that people know that just because you start one way doesn't mean you have to finish that way because as okay. your life is going to evolve, right. And your finances are going to evolve. And as you get older and make more money, you really need to really look at everything from a very primal sense And say, okay, do we begin again? Do we, you know, continue with this? So I know that for us, it was very eye-opening for me to realize that, okay, you don't just keep doing that. You always have to reevaluate what the situation is for you at that present time in your moment. So if, you know, when you have little kids, you might have different issues than when you have, you know, college-age kids. So with that being said, another thing that I do want to talk about is having a will. And well, I, before you say that, let me just sure. say like twin, like when you say that, like twin, because I work with not only Twiniversity, but Twiniversity, like when I'm first working with people, it is an overwhelming time. I mean, you're, you're about to have twins. Your whole world is about to change. You're thinking about the expenses, what your life is going to be completely different. And we're talking about making some big financial decisions. Mm -hmm. So for so many of my Twiniversity clients, yes, we're starting out with some basic things. Let's get quick, plug some holes, but we maintain a relationship. And over time you realize, okay, I can do this. And we're actually saving some money here and we can do things. And yes, it progresses to other conversations that happens like probably like 90% of the time with Twiniversity people. It makes so much sense. Because even when we first started speaking and I remember I was like adamantly, I really thought we couldn't save anything. I really did, Dan. That's not even a joke. I'm like, there's no way. And you're like, let's try. Let's try. Let's start off slow. And I'm like, no, it's going to cut into my Amazon budget. And it was so funny in that John and I still call that our secret savings. And so we have, you know, you, you helped us do that. And we started off really slow and you're like, you know, maybe we could go up. And I think actually we started off higher than I wanted. And you said we could always go down, which was so smart, but I would have never, I would have never said that Dan. And that's, what's been paying for my insurance. So like, it's so funny that my secret savings now pays for like what I'm now wonderfully calling my secret life insurance. And I would have never thought that I could have a policy like that because I was like, where would you get that money from? So it's so important to have somebody that's not a partial person in in that discussion, which I think is another big thing that you bring to the table. Because if you're sitting down with your partner, I know that when John and I would have conversations, we have a very closed-minded way of thinking because I'm only thinking of like, you know, what's best for the family. And John's like, let's be risky and do this. And so when you sit down with kind of an impartial judge like you and your team, you say, all right, let's look at the, the facts. Let's look at what's before us and let's put emotion aside. Let's see what we have to kind of have done. So going back into that conversation of other things that we needed to get done. Well, was, I just, I know we're jumping around, but Oh, we like, are. That's how we do going, it here on now this Now we podcast. jumped over to savings, but 
you know, you being a business owner, you know, you, you don't have a 401k, but I work with tons of people that have 401ks and I've seen, I've sat down with people in their fifties and sixties and like, you see the bulk of their assets are in their 401k and their retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Well, it just automatically comes out of my paycheck. You don't even realize it. Right. So it's all behavioral economics, like that people just, you know, it, it becomes habit. Um, now there's a lot of problems if you get to retirement and all of your money is in retirement accounts and qualified mm -hmm. dollars. That's a lot of problems and imbalance that you have to deal with. But the key here is it's you create discipline, create habits around saving, um, no matter really where it's going, just creating saving and saving the right amount that that's really the key to, to, to finance. It's, I tell my clients all the time, it's so much more important the amount that you save than where you're saving it. Your savings rate always trumps your rate of return. If I can get you to save more, you'll have more money than if I found an extra rate of return for you. Ah, oh, that's so stressful though. <laughs> That's it. I just, I get so stressed. It, it's not for you, but when you're looking at your budget and you're like, okay, I need this for groceries. I need this for car insurance. It gets really, really overwhelming. And I think that when we sat down with you and kind of discussed a budget, it's very enlightening that I would feel very like oppressed by all of the bills that we have to pay. And you're like, no, let's re you know, let's reassess your car insurance. And we just did that. We just did a whole insurance reassessment of my renter's insurance, of my car insurance. That alone was very, very fascinating. So it's, it is important to save. I thought and I you, could save nothing. And you but can start small like we did. Totally. You, start, you start small and before it's you know good. it, hey, you could save a little bit more. You know, things change. But I would say start with something, you know, yeah. whatever, hundred bucks a month, you know, whatever it is, start saving, getting that happen. It's so funny. I really like it's amazing how far we've come. But look, if it really is 12 years, which I really do think that it is, we've done some like amazing things. And I am in a very good position for my kids to go to college in two years. And I feel good about it, which and when we first spoke, did I not say to you, college is not on the table for the kids. I'm not saving for college. I, I was adamantly against specifically saving for college because my husband and I both paid for our own colleges. And we felt that because we paid for our own school, that it made us better students and in general made us better humans kind of thing. So I always said that, oh, that's never going to happen. And now that I'm faced with this reality of my kids going to college, that's not actually what's happening, but it's because we're in a financial situation that I don't feel the stress of it. And going back to that, perhaps if my dad had saved more and my mom had saved more, I wouldn't have felt that pressure to put myself through school. So it's really interesting how thinking that, oh, I'm never going to be the person who's going to send my kids to college. Like I always thought that person would have that voice and they'd be having the conversation on their yacht. But now it's just, this is just my life. And I feel so lucky that I'm able to do that. So there's like, there's honestly, Dan, of, thank you. there's a lot of baggage and hangups that people have around money. You know, a lot of it comes from how we were raised and the culture we were in all of yeah. those. Things. It's out there. So, you know, look, what you're seeing is if you can just focus on doing the right things right now, mm -hmm. 
continue to do that before you know it, you're in a different position. And this isn't the end, you know, kids are going to go to college, but there's going to be stuff after college. And we're talking about like investing in other things with the business. Eventually we'll get into some retirement conversation. Like it's not, it's just, it's a roadmap and time matters. Time really matters. We only, you know, we only have one compounding curve, like everything matters. Like you, you got to get it right. And the earlier you do it, the better. It's, it's, it's critical. And it's, that's why you are such an important person in my life. And it's why we're having this conversation today, because I really don't feel that people want to have these conversations and they can't have these conversations for whatever reason. But I know we keep kind of skating around it, but I want to get back to it. And one of the things that I know is very, very important is really having the documentation that goes along with your life, right? So I need a will, but it isn't just a will. It's really all the legal work that goes along with being an adult. And like me and you are learning, you don't even know the pieces that you need until you need them. And so it's so horrible to put yourself into a situation where you don't have the proper documentation. So I know that when we first went to the lawyer to discuss the will, we sat down with him and he's like, oh, you need A, you need B, you need C, you need D. And so we got all of these things done at once, of course, never thinking that I would need to use these items. But in reality, you do. So when we're looking at the legal documents that go along with this, right? So we have our life insurance, we have all this money, what's going to happen? God forbid we go to the big, you know, wonderful beach in the sky. So now you have all of this and you have to have this will. A lot of people also think that you need to have your children's names in order to have a will. When you're speaking to people for the first time that are coming to your office, what are some of the things that are misconceptions about wills and other documentation that an adult might need. Yeah, adulting. Um, so I think first and foremost, um, you can get, you actually should get your will before the babies are born. You don't have to, but I think a lot of people think I can get the will after the kids mm-hmm. are born. Um, no, I actually think it's even, look, when those twins are born, you don't have time for error. No. There's no time to go get a will. Like you should actually get it, but you know, before, um, and it's a pretty easy process. I mean, typically it's like one or two meetings to get a will done. But, um, like you said, like when you create a will, you're not naming your children's names. If you are, that's not a very, it's a pretty poorly written will, but, um, you know, it's going to say children of the estate of so-and-so and it's, good if you have children after these ones, it, it, you know, you don't have to change anything. Um, but you know, when it comes to creating a will, um, everyone should have one. Um, what's most important when creating a will is just what if something happens to you? What if something happens to your spouse? Who mm-hmm. is going to raise your children? Um, these are decisions that you want to make because if you're not making them, they're going to probate court, which is a very, very unpleasant experience for everyone involved. And ultimately a judge is making a lot of these decisions and it's very costly. It's very timely. It is not something anyone should ever go through. So when you have a will in place, it streamlines everything. It's everything dictated what you wanted to have happen. Mm-hmm. Number one, who, who's, who are these kids going to? Who's going to raise them? Who is that person? 
You're going to want to name someone who's in charge of their finances. That's the trustee. Could be the same person as the guardian, could be different. And the last one is the executor. So this yeah. is the person at the time of death, making sure um, everything you wanted, the probate fees are being paid and, you know, attorney costs, all that stuff, your estate is being settled. Um, this is the one job that it's often said should be different from the guardian and potentially a trustee, just because it's such a devastating time that you don't necessarily want the person who's taking care of your children at the time to be dealing with settling your estate. So, but, um, those are the three core decisions that you have to make. Um, other documents that are important to go with it are healthcare proxy, living will, power of attorney. These are documents that if you're not, uh, if you haven't passed away, but you're incapacitated, mm -hmm. who's making financial decisions on your behalf, who's making health decisions on your behalf. You're putting it all in writing. So there's no discrepancy of what to do in that situation. Um, those are the core basics. There is a lot more into estate planning and estate planning documents. There's trust, all different types of trust, very specific on everyone's situation. But again, like the core will is really something everyone should have. I agree. I, I And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I really did. And then we think about how it's so stressful, right? Like who wants to do that? It's so stressful to, to do that. We will tell you, Dan and I will tell you, it will be so much more stressful if you do not do it. Because that's not fair. It really isn't fair to the partner who is left to now have to start figuring out what's going to happen. If you had these discussions together and you were like, this is how I see our future. This is what I want for our children. There's no question about it. It's really that people don't want to have these conversations because they don't want to be faced with what reality could be. And I know that it was easier for my husband and I, because my husband lost his dad when he was very young and his dad had nothing. I mean, his dad died in the, the same accident as his uncle. And his aunt had all the proper protections. They had life insurance. They had everything. They had wills. And then my husband's family had nothing. And it was, he always felt that like they bought, you know, a new furniture for the house and they moved and they had, they lived closer to their aunt or whatever, where my husband's mother was just working two jobs and, and they ended up being raised by their grandmother. It's so important to just stop. If you chose to create a family with somebody, then you should trust them enough to have a conversation like this. I think you're, I think you're right. Like most people kind of say, yes, I should have that, but you're right. Like it's unpleasant to go around and to make those decisions. And I think that's kind of something what my role is for people in, you know, I don't write wills. I don't yeah. get anything from doing wills, but you, people need the push. I'm making sure that they meet with the estate attorney. I'm making sure we go through these decisions. My job is to make sure you get this done. And yeah. sometimes people just need that push to do it. It's the truth. It really is. It's, it's torture. And when, you know, Dan, after you leave us in class, we always still talk about you behind your back and it's wonderful, but it's people don't want to do it. And they're like, I know it. I know I have to do it. So then what are you waiting for? Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have to get your teeth cleaned. If you don't, your teeth are going to fall out. Like, could you just do the things that you need to get done? Because now your life, although you think it belongs to you, it really belongs to your family. 
And so if you don't want to do something for you, you have to do it for them. It's just the right thing to do. That's what it is. If we're going to be adult enough to have children and we're raising, you know, unbelievable humans and we've partnered with somebody that we love with all of our heart, the least thing that you could do is make sure that you have the proper protections in place for everybody. Yeah. You'd be amazed. I work with successful people, successful attorneys who have never gotten around to getting their will done, like famous for that. So it's cuckoo. Dan, honestly, I know that this conversation could go on for four or five more hours because I do think you have an interesting theory about college savings, which we've done. I know that we have conversations about gifts. I know there's there's so much more. But our time is limited because everybody that's listening has to go back to their own realities. But can anybody call you, Dan? Like, literally, are you like, my door is open for everybody? Or you're like, no, you could only call me if you are in New York State. How does it work with planners? Yeah. So, yes, everyone, like I said, like, my mission is to help people. That's what I'm here to do. I will never turn down a phone call or or a meeting. You know, that's just not why I'm doing this. Um, so they can, and yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, you know, this is a national business. Now I work with people all over the country. Um, this is a zoom world, so it's easier than ever, you know, and you can transact in electronic ways. So, you know, I'm, I'm really not even doing face-to-face meetings at all anymore, which I love kind (laughs) of, but, um, so yeah, anyone can, and I'm happy to help in any way I can. I mean, look, one of the nice things is I have a team, you know, we have, all these guys who specialize in different things and they're different ages. Um, So, you know, if I'm not someone who can help you, I'm going to put you in touch with somebody who I know you'll be in good hands with. So, um, but yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm happy to speak with anyone. Uh, I love it. And don't get nervous guys. The, the information will be in the notes below. So you could just click there and you could find Dan and his team and they could help you in ways that they have helped me and, you know, this is that they're, they're the people, they are like the twin people, although we'll say that you are an official to, you know, an unofficial twin parent because you no. have two. Yes. Uh, don't, don't say that, me. you know, no, I we're not, twins, right? we're like not the- doing that. Come on, Dan. But still, we got time. <laughs> All right. right. I don't have twins. It's true. <laughs> but that's, but it, Singleton. you don't, you don't need them because you've yeah. worked with so many of our families that I know that you're going to take care of them. So Dan, thank you so much for playing with me today. I really, I honestly, this was very, very long overdue and I'm glad you took some time for me today. Yeah. Happy to do it. Oh, guys. And for those of you that are out there, just know that, like I said, everything is below, or you could email us at community at and we will make sure that we'll get you the latest and greatest information. And if you have questions for Dan or for me about anything that we discussed today, email us. Literally, it's we're so easy to find. Or if you don't feel like going into the little mailbox thingy, drop us a message on any social platform. We are just at Twiniversity every place around. And if you're like, yes, I do need to get this done. Where do I begin? We're not abandoning you. Like the conversation with all of our podcasts, it doesn't end here. This is a continuous discussion that we will forever have at Twiniversity. So let us know that you need some help and we will be more than happy to help you. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thumbs up, like, subscribe, blah, 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 all that jazz. And until next time, guys, thanks for listening and see you later, alligators. Bye, guys.